Welcome back to No Fucking ZD. I'm Brendan with my good friend and mafia buddy, Evan. There's no such thing as buddies in the mafia. <laughs> okay. Today we're going to talk about my favorite episode of season one, The Legend of Tennessee Multisanti. Anyway, what about what's up with Facebook this week? What's up with Facebook this week? I don't know. I just wanted to like okay. change, change the subject away from your favorite episode. Welcome to the Facebook podcast. I'm Mark Zuckerberg here with the Winklevoss twins. <laughs> I'm both of them. In this demonstration, and I will Mar- be both Winklevoss twins. Great. Just like the David Fincher film. Trent Reznor brought his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Trent Reznor. Oh, he's he's gone. All right. All our guests just come in really quick and then leave right away. Well, Kanye went to get food. Okay. He's going to be back. Um... So, yeah, this is my favorite episode of season one. Of all time? Of all time. Oh, there he was. Bye, Kanye. Thanks for coming by. Okay. Um, the Legend of Tennessee Multisanti. Yes. And so the name for this episode mm-hmm. comes from the name mm-hmm. of a very famous author and playwright, Jerry Multisanti. <laughs> <laughs> That's the pun. <laughs> True story, yeah. One of the great authors of the 20th century, American literature. One of the most important American authors. Mm. It was like... uh, What did he write? What what, what book did he write? um, (laughs) He definitely wrote Yassista's Crotch. (laughs) Excellent. I remember being forced to read that in high school, and I was like, ugh, it's so boring. But now that I'm older, I love my sister's crotch. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good one. Also, the children's (laughs) picture book, We're Out of Mayo. (laughs) That's one of my Another favorites. good one. Another gem. Excellent. That's a really good one. I, I still like to read those inflatable books in the bathtub. Like, to this day, it's really nice. Great. <laughs> good podcast. Good pod. So, this is about Tennessee Maltisanti. Yes. Mul- new character. Multisante. Yeah. Brand new character they introduced in this episode. He's played also played by Michael Imperioli, but with a mustache. He's sort of like, um, he's sort of like the bookkeeper in The Untouchables. Mm-hmm. He's got a mustache. He's kind of dorky, but kind of cool. Right. And it's chill. And it's chill. He's chill. Uh, well, the truth is, that's the truth, actually. But also what's going on in this episode is that uh, this is all about Christopher dealing with uh, the guilt of having murdered someone and wishing that he was also more famous in the mafia. It's so good because he has fucking cowboy-itis. He's got, ca- this is, yes, exactly. He's got cowboy-itis and um, is kind of wondering what his identity in the mafia is when he's going to get made and when he's going to get the appreciation that he believes he deserves, basically. And you sort of like, you know, you see this and and you can't imagine Tony going through this time at one point in his life. Tony has always been so focused on just being a rich, old, alone fucking guy. Yeah. And like Tony doesn't give a fuck. He's hell bent on being the best mobster and he is the best mobster. Chris is not a very good mobster. No, he's not, and I, we said it if before. His, if his throw of email Koloff into that dumpster is any indication, yeah, he's not a very good mobster. Yeah, and we said it. We're talking about that scene, I believe, in our first in the pilot of our pod. Um, the the Chris he was he was the podlet the podlet. He was just never um really cut out for the mafia. Chris Chris is kind no. of a sad. I think he just he's desperate for a father figure. He's desperate. He's desperate for like a group that accepts him. He's also desperate for Alexis. Yes, that's true too. Um, he's not desperate in the ladies' department because Drea, Drea who's what? still sleeping over at your place. What's up, Drea? Yeah, uh, Adriana. She's got to come by to get my key. Right, she forgot her key. Okay. She is lovely in this. Episode. She's gonna go home and make ravioli in her underpants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she is lovely in this episode. Somehow, the smarter of the two. Um, Sometimes, in this one, she is for sure. She at least knows how to spell manage instead of manuge. Um, but yeah, Christopher, uh, he's, he's, he's 
feeling the regularness of life, as he puts it, and he's not liking it. And he's wondering what his arc is and what his identity is. And it's, it's so it's, good. It's tripping him up. And he's trying to, okay, so he's trying to write this fucking thing. We start with his dream sequence. This is one of the few dream sequences that we ever get of someone other than Tony. That's true. There are maybe three other other people who have a dream sequence. I know Melfi has one. Melfi Carmella has, has one. a quick one. Sill has one, doesn't Sil he? Sill has one, yep. Yep, yep. he does. Um, and I have one <laughs> all the time. Mine is just the the Melfi one on loop. I'm just I'm singing. What time is it? It's the time for love. Mine's the same, except it's your sister's voice. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> <laughs> That's the last sister reference on this podcast. Um, Those Colleen's, come on. <laughs> um, I love the dream sequence at the beginning. It's such a cool, creepy nightmare. Very realistic nightmare. Well, the the sound the sound is amazing. The sound design is fantastic. It's yeah. fantastic because it's silent. Like there's all this wind going around, but it's totally silent. And you just hear his voice. And it's actually, you know what I think it reminds me of is the, like your internal voice. If you plug your ears and you mm-hmm. talk kind of like we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. I've had my ears plugged this entire time. Yeah. And like, if you turn, like, like do it right now. If you turn your microphone <laughs> off and you talk, <laughs> if you can't turn your headphones off. <laughs> you sound like the deaf woman from West Wing right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's a spoiler alert. We didn't tell people we were going to spoil. Oh, the you're last right. Week. Actually, sorry. That's a different '90s show. Um, but seriously, folks. Yeah, uh, let's, let's get serious. No, that, that's okay. <laughs> a lesser show may not be able to carry a podcast like this. Exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. Exactly true. Um, but the dream sequence is amazing. They're out of mayo in Czech Republic too. We love pork. Right. Um, I, I I I love what what he does in uh, in that dream sequence. It's scary. It's a little scary. Um, Email showing up like wrapped in duct tape and all that shit and kind of decomposing is really creepy. It's really creepy. They add that weird phasing effect to his voice. It's great. And then... Uh, it's actually a chorus effect. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Um, There's really great like weird blow jay imagery with... Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, Carmela and Adriana. Carmela and Adriana yeah. giving like biting this wiener. This, this, the Czech Republic sausages. It's so crazy when, when they bite the wiener. It is... Yeah, they we want to. They just fucking bite it. Should we try and figure out what that means right now, or should we just, just well, think about the imagery? Doesn't the adage go, "You should never bite the wiener that feeds"? <laughs> yes, <actually. laughs> my grandmother always said that. <laughs> yeah, so I think that that's what it's about. It's about that saying: "You don't bite the wiener that feeds." That's that is what it's about. Yeah, what it all really means is that Christopher's just tripping out about this thing, yeah, and, and a nice cut into pussy telling him. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to that part yeah i'm definitely gonna i'm gonna I'm every gonna... pussy has a silver lining <laughs> as, as the adage goes uh i would definitely i definitely want to talk about the editing in this episode hashtag um, pussy yeah and um not i won't get too ta- too technical i promise but i think this is a great uh tech well all right i will get technical actually because i think that this is the most like fun adventurous episode as far as like the camera work and the editing goes big time um they're definitely big at the time. point in the season where they're they know what they're capable of and they're they're very confident and kind of riffing on that style and they're they're having a lot of fun in this I think episode. everyone on the show by this point quit their day job yeah i think it's safe to say that they knew they were a hit at yeah. this point <laughs> for sure yeah for um, sure Maybe they were doing it full time. At least some of the people. They, yeah, I think the first seven episodes they were just kind of doing on the weekends when they had time, yeah, and then it, like, like shooting porn. Yeah, but at this point they finally their Kickstarter reached their goal, and they decided that we're going to make a show for HBO, and yeah, that's what they did. And I'm so annoyed because I wish that I bought Sopranos stock at that point. I can you imagine? You'd probably be a, a thousand air right now. Yeah, if I put two bucks in. Um, the other thing in this episode is is we uh you said Tony is the best mobster, and all he wants to do is be the best mobster. He and is the best. He mobster. is once again because. His his plan, um, 
we see it again in action has worked. He doesn't really have to worry too much about these indictments. He does, but he doesn't really because he knows that he's not yeah. considered the boss by the FBI. This is an incredible. Uh, this is an incredible. Uh, first half of the episode. There's all this rapid fire shit going on. They're at this wedding. Yes. Um, where Tony gives the woman a stolen computer. Christopher does. Or Christopher and does. And then says yes. that he's, he's like, I bought one for myself too, which yeah. is like, like, come on. Yeah, exactly. You're going to love this model so much. Yeah. It's Windows 95. Jesus it's going to be amazing. Christ. And and the representation of computers on The Sopranos at that point, I mean, I'm sorry, but it's ridiculous. The way he's like hitting the buttons and like they type something, it's like, beep, beep, beep. You know? Like, <laughs> I know, like, the sounds are just never existed, I don't think. No, never. It's like when, it's like when, uh, when the FBI shows up eventually and uh, AJ like, is swatting flies in his room. Yes. Cranking his cock. Yep. And uh, they, uh, he's swatting flies, and then Meadow tells him to go delete all the porno yep. that he downloaded. Downloading porno back then was a tall order. Yeah. It took years. Yeah. <laughs> like, it really did. Yeah. And you'd have to, like, kind of, you know, rename it something that's so when you left the computer downloading overnight, no one re- would really know, but they knew. Yeah. I think they knew. Exactly. Um, yes. They, they all knew, and everybody got caught, but the point is that he had to delete it, and then he runs over to his computer, and he's, like, typing on the keyboard. Beep, 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 yeah, he beep, turns beep, it on and then immediately starts like typing. fucking Dexter's laboratory. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which, like, even now, you'd be lucky to have a computer that turned on immediately, and yeah. somehow his does. Um, but so that is the other plot line of this episode is that um, the FBI, there are rumors that the FBI is coming down with indictments on the Jersey mob crew. And the way that that wedding scene is edited where everyone's bugging. Fantastic. It's really good. And then they have the meeting yes. where where Junior makes a lot of decisions. Junior is fucking hysterical in that meeting because I love Amazing. that he tells them what they're going to do. And then Ray's like, what do you want to do? And he's or at Ray asked Tony what they should do. And yeah. Junior's reaction is just fucking priceless. Just, just like, fucking just, told you. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, and that whole scene, I love the writing in that is just so efficient. It's just, you know, like they show up, Larry tells him, I got bad news, but we'll talk about it later. And then it's just cut, 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 cut. Right, Everyone exactly. reacting to the news. And and then Pussy taking his gift back. <laughs> I know. I noticed that for the first time here. And I don't know why. Like, he takes it back, I guess, because he thinks he's going to lose a lot of cash. Yeah. But what what do you say to, to, to get your gift back? I don't know. This poor woman, though. Larry's daughter here, um, her wedding is just completely ruined because well, these douchebag mafia guys show up and then leave. And, and then take leave. their shit back. Well, and also, Olivia Soprano is there. And yeah. she says to Larry Boy, she's like, you still seeing your other women, Larry, Lorenzo? Uh, she Lorenzo. calls him Lorenzo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can't help herself. Can't help Are herself you still at all. Seeing you other women, Lorenzo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. And Larry doesn't even care. The only thing that could happen like that that's worse is indictments. Right. And and Junior's not worried, but we know that Junior is actually the one that gets sapped with this shit. He'll be fine. And Larry yeah. Boy, actually. Mm-hmm. Larry Boy gets hit pretty good. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Like, you know, uh, spoiler guys, but Larry is one of the ones who will eventually get arrested towards the end of the season. Right. And then he's he does get out eventually, but he's gone for a little while from the show. He's not like one of the most common, like, he's not one of the most busy characters on the show. No. But he's so funny. Yeah, he is. And his brother, who we'll meet next season, is equally hysterical. And equally hysterical. Re- exactly. <laughs> Loves to do that. Loves, Loves to repeat to what that. he just heard. Loves to repeat what he just heard. Um, um, I, and the whole sequence following that where everyone's, uh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> the whole sequence. Can you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> the whole sequence following that where everyone's getting rid of their shit, doing the little spring cleaning, and Christopher's just home writing a script. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Everyone else is living the reality of it, and Christopher's still living this fictional world. Well, he is, and also he doesn't have any incriminating shit in his apartment. Right, because he's not 
he's he's not a wise guy yet. He's not still, really. No. He's he's murdered and thought that that would get him a, a little further up on the totem pole, but you know, it, it, he, he, no one's taking him seriously quite yet. Well, one of the best one of the best things that he says, one of my favorite lines is when he's talking to Jimmy Altieri about it, and Jimmy's like, "Fuck," and, he, and yeah. Chris goes, "Fuck." They're going to want my ass. <laughs> he sounds like Kenny Powers. <laughs> They're going to want my ass. So everybody goes home from the wedding. Pussy is barbecuing his papers yeah. in his Weber. Looks delicious. Um, I love Tony and Carmela. I love when when they're a criminal team. I know that sounds weird. It's fun. It's She's cool good when at they're it. together. Yeah, she is good at it. And I love they're, they're cleaning out all the jewelry and the guns. Like and, uh, and the cash, there's so much. They have like Uzis. It's a great, great scene. This yeah. whole sh- this whole episode just moves, moves, moves. Like as soon as it starts, it's just like constantly going. It's really good. And uh, you see it in the camera work. I mean, it's 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 uh, the most like kinetic we've seen the camera on the show. I think it's just constantly moving. A lot of dolly shots. A lot of uh, you know whip pans back and forth. And it's just a lot of fun. And, and every time there's a whip pan, it goes, whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> there's a great sound effect. <laughs> um, but it, it, it provides a cool energy to this episode. It really does. It's, it's one of my favorite episodes. It's easy to watch. Like the, the one we talked about last week, they're like, nothing really happens. Yeah. There's sort of an energy, but it's kind of like, it kind of has a sitcom sort of feel. We were struggling a little bit. Not that yeah. it's not a good episode. Right. But um, but it's mostly Tony in it's therapy talking to. It's got a sitcom vibe to, because right. nothing changes. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah, we were kind of struggling to, like, have topics to talk about last week, and I feel like that's because it's mostly just Tony saying a line in also, therapy. Also, we were watching Wimbledon while we were That's true, too, it. yeah. Um, but this episode really moves, and it really is, like, that push into the final act of this season, you know? Like, it's really, it's, like, setting up all the pieces. For, There's, like, a critical mass. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's setting up all the pieces to in place for, like, the final five episodes of the, or four episodes of the season. Right. And so it feels very exciting, and um, and it's about, you know, I guess a lot of mob stuff, which is always fun. And then anytime we get a Christopher episode, I think it's, it's always pretty fun. It's really good, and I love him writing. Him <laughs> trying to write is so funny. Every time that happens, that's just, like, I mean, I feel like they must have been tempted to do more episodes about Chris trying to write because it's so entertaining. Yeah. Like, when he talks about... Um, uh, you know, he has Adriana checking out. You know, he gets really mad at his computer, which is awesome. Right. And um, it's kind of a throwback getting that mad at your computer. Right. You know, and he he's like, you I fucking s- asshole. <laughs> and I and still do it sometimes. I'm ashamed to say it. But, really? Uh, I mean, at work for sure, yeah. Like when you're trying to put an explosion in front of like a cat video. Exactly, yeah. Uh, That's what I do for work. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I still want you to do that thing for your reel where you take clips of, of like the NFL. long NFL runs and put like explosions and like gunshots coming behind them. I'm like, going to do them. that. <laughs> Nobody really steal good. that idea, please. <laughs> yeah, by the way, no one listens to us. It's okay. That's true. Um, but uh, so Adriana informs him that he put it in buffer memory. <laughs> Which is really Which, funny. She actually minored in computer science at MIT. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, so her major well, yeah. was hostessing. The whole episode where, where Adriana's just in a computer lab trying to hack into Facebook. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like it's, it's she's actually at Severnaya yeah. in Goldeneye. If you look in the background, <laughs> she's she's one of the she's one of the computer hackers who's oh. back there. Like she helps Boris, who's invincible. Speaking of nineties. Great, great 90s icon, GoldenEye. Yeah. And, and Adriana in GoldenEye. And Adriana in GoldenEye and the computer. Yeah. The home computer. Um, um, but so Adriana informs him that he put it in buffer memory. Mm-hmm. And then she reads it, informs him that he wrote Manujd, yeah. which is very funny. She's and great. She's, she's great. great yeah. And he starts talking about Blockbuster. Yes. That, that candy and carpet smell. 
gets me high. Which is disgusting. It's a great line, but it's exactly how Blockbuster smelled. It is, yeah. For those of you who aren't young as shit and stupid. <laughs> yeah, you guys have no idea. But most of our listeners do, I, I think. I think they do. Yes, they do. Yes. We're... Most of our listeners are our parents. So, yeah, they, they know. <laughs> they, they don't like the show. <laughs> but they remember Blockbuster. I hope so. Um, Blockbuster did smell like that. Yeah. It smelled exactly like that. I knew exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, he's he's incredible. Yeah, but it's interesting that he mentions that it gets him high. I think there's a little bit of foreshadowing about his future drug problems there, you know? Because uh, he sort of already is like a kind of a drug guy. Yeah. He's and, like, I do drugs. Yeah, but also, you know, um, let's bring the po- let's Let's make a downer of a podcast here for a little bit. But I think that, um, you know, Christopher, like I said, is looking for, definitely looking for a father figure, definitely looking for an identity and definitely looking to connect with someone. You know, he's writing yeah. this, he's writing the script and one of the lines in his script is, I must be loyal to my capo. Uh, and I think that... In I his, love how badly it's, it's written. It's so terrible. But I think in his mind, he still kind of thinks that the mafia is like this real family that will accept him and defend him no matter what. And he's going to like have a family there and, and connect with people. And it's just not true. It's really not the truth. And it's like, it's, but it's, it reminds me a lot of, spoiler alert, church, because <laughs> I'm spoiling church. Okay. <laughs> um, but it reminds me of church because like, because, you know, families can be like all fucked up and like people can have a lot of issues growing up and stuff like that. And they're like, I'm just going to like double down being in the church to right. like save me. And it's like, that didn't work for anybody before you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not that the church is the root of that stuff. But the fact that people, like, he's kind of got this, like, endless faith. It is his religion. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and, great way and, to put it. And he goes back to it, and even though his dad was a total fuck-up mm-hmm. and gave everything he had to it mm-hmm. and then died. And got murdered. Yeah. He got murdered. Um, they he, he goes back to it as if it's this thing that's going to save him, like it's his destiny or some yeah. shit like that. And, um, yeah. It's just not. No, it's, it's just not. It's not, and it and it's not good for him. <laughs> yeah, and he'll turn to drugs because of it. You know, I mean, uh, well, and all the horrible. He's he already can't handle it. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. He can't handle. He's having these dreams, and he and he's I think just feeling alone and insecure, and like he doesn't have his own personality, and and that no one's taking him seriously. You know, when he uh, right. There is of course that famous scene in the bakery. Um, you know, oh. he gets sense. This is. Just a classic, classic scene. But Christopher gets sent to go pick up Shri Adele for the guys. Shri Adele. Uh, as they all kind of hide out. They're all going to kind of hide out at the strip club while they wait for this FBI thing to blow over. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, he goes to pick him up at the bakery. And uh, the guy behind the counter treats him like a bit of a jerk off and doesn't. Uh, Nothing to worry about. He, he skips him in line. And, uh, of course, Joe Ganascoli. I think that's how you pronounce his name, but who who will later play Vito comes in as as a separate character here. Right. Um, What's a, what, is, what does he call him? Gino. Gino. He's Gino. So the, the Gino comes in and skips Christopher in line, and Christopher just can't fucking handle that at all. No, and he loses his shit, and he sh- he's like, he says, "I'm not going to hurt you," and then he shoots him in the foot. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. a fucking asshole. And he's just like, "What is it about me? When you look at me, why don't you take me seriously?" And yeah. the guy isn't truthful with him because he's scared of him. Right. Yeah. Well, because now he's a gun in his face. But uh, yeah. Christopher's just, um, he's a lost young guy and uh, unfortunately starts on this path into the mafia, um, which, you know, uh, it probably would have been better for him if he was just a PA somewhere in New York. And I don't think Christopher was ever bound for stardom, but like at least he, you know, might have had a slightly better life if he, although I guess if you get into movies, you're equally, there's a good chance you're also going to get into drugs there too. But, you know, I don't know. Drugs are just cool wherever you are. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, Guys do drugs. I mean, 
so that 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 scene is is an example of Christopher sort of flying off the rocker. Right. He can't handle cowboyitis. Cowboyitis. He wants to get caught. He comes in. He slams the Shuyadel down, and Polly cannot. He's like, "Oh, the Shuyadel!" And he gets in, and that shot is really interesting to yeah. me. How Polly grabs it. The camera pans like ever so slightly to the side and like pulls back as Polly moves in front of the frame yep. and then goes back. To them. That was one of the camera shots I wanted to talk about because it's all kind of one shot. It starts on Pussy shooting the pool ball, pulls back, and then Tony walks in. And then you, you don't even know Polly's there until Chris Chris slams the Shriadel down. And the way Chris and then he slams just shows it down, up. that's one of those Michael Imperioli like magic moments where he slams it down looking at Tony in the eye. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't even notice that, does like, he? Like he kind of or or like he puts it down. I, I don't know if he's looking at someone in the eye, but he puts it down like clearly in his face. He's yeah. like, fuck this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's it's what it's really like a kid throwing a tantrum. Imperioli is just excellent. Well, um, Tony Soprano, which is his name in real life, right? Um, on his inside the actor studio, said something really astute, which is that Michael Imperioli can do a lot with a look, mm-hmm. and that's totally the truth. I one hundred percent agree. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention actually, if we could just jump back, mm-hmm. a detail. Okay. Um, I like those. What do they call it? A conspiracy theory. Okay. But it's a TV show, so it's all a conspiracy, technically. Yes. Uh, so I, <laughs> I guess by definition, a TV show is a conspiracy theory. Right, right. right. I noticed something. Okay. Uh, in Chrissy's dream sequence mm-hmm. at the beginning, mm-hmm. it's the music from the Gloria Trillo dream. Oh, I didn't even Way notice. the fuck down the line. I didn't notice that, actually. I think. Okay. <laughs> we'll have the NFC fact checkers fact checkers check that check NFC that fact checkers, please uh stay late tonight. And uh <laughs> we're gonna go, but go you ahead should figure that yeah. You should stay here and well, fact check. That's please. that's that's just we've earned it. You know, we've earned the right. You guys are gonna stick around. You're, we've earned our stripes. You're cutting your teeth, we've earned our stripes. Exactly. But that music is the same, so we're gonna check on that. Yep. And then we'll let you know. Exactly. <laughs> we're probably never gonna let you know. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, guys. Spoiler alert. You can check on that and then and then comment on Reddit about how wrong we are. No, wrong th- we are. This is the cliffhanger. <laughs> we're gonna check. We'll let you know. Um and don't put this podcast in buffer memory. Yep. We'll be right back. <laughs> Use that squirrel program and check it out. All right, we'll be right back. Yeah. Um we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh some a little more cowboyitis when we get back. So stay okay, tuned. All right. Welcome back to No Fucking ZD, episode eight. We're still talking about Legends of Tennessee. Legends? What are we talking about? The legend of the hidden temple. Le- legend of the hidden temple. H- hidden Tennessee Multisanti. So the Multisante. blue barracuda. The blue barracuda. Um, and the silver piranha, maybe? I think it was actually the uh, the we're out of mayos. And, <laughs> and the right. blue, the black forests. Right. Um, so cowboyitis, we both have it. We both have it. You should get it. We contracted it <laughs> from <laughs> consensually. <laughs> um, uh, Christopher. Th- okay. This is one of my favorite cuts. All right. So, okay. um, and it reminds me a lot of basically my favorite scene in Sopranos when like a million seasons from now, there are a million, uh, when the whole thing is going on between uh, Little Carmine and 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 Johnny Sack are fighting over stuff, and then Chris doesn't shut up during this lunch thing, yes. and he's like, "I'm really sorry, you can't do it." And Tony's banging. They cut to Tony banging on the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. I thought, why the fuck? Why would you possibly? Right. You know. But this this is one of those scenes that reminds me of that, and this amazing shot as we as Chris drives up to pick up Tony, where you're seeing Tony's face, and then it 
right. curls around his face, and then you see the right. car behind him. So I actually wanted to talk about that specifically, um, and I actually need to kind of back up to it do that. It was CGI, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. That was actually uh, George Lucas directed this, directed this episode. <laughs> There's actually a TIE fighter in the background. Yeah, and and really stormtroopers all over the place. It's yeah. weird. Um, but to talk about that, I kind of want to back up a little bit, and we have to introduce Melfi's storyline here, because Melfi uh, is kind of dealing with, for the first time, like sort of backlash in her life for treating someone like Tony Soprano. Discrimination is and, what we uh, call it. Yes, I guess so. As you are an Italian-American, <laughs> I'm sure you've been offended by this series the entire time. What do you mean you're sure? I'm just sure that you're an Italian-American. <laughs> you're so sure. <laughs> um, but so Melfi... Is it because of the color of my skin? Yeah. Uh, yes, you are red, white, and green, which is very strange. And I'm I think the, you should see a doctor I've about that. I've got pepperonis, that. too. <laughs> um Melfi's family, Melfi kind of lets it slip in front of her family in this episode that she's dealing with a, a, a tough Italian guy. She doesn't really give it away that it's Tony, but they, they figure look, it out. She's so shitty at this. She uh, alludes she, to it, and then she's, she makes this, she's like, you know better than anyone. I can't talk about my patients. <laughs> like, she's so dumb. Well, uh, her family's, her son is no better, though. I fucking hate Jason. I guess it's Jason Melfi. I don't Jace. know. Jace. Just Jace, whatever. I, that kid's such a shit. That's everything you need to know, is that his name is Jason, and they call him Jace, and he goes to Bard, and that he's moving out of a smoking dorm into a non-smoking dorm. They had smoking, did they have smoking dorms at your college? No, not at all. Um, but, so his, her family has a lot to say about the fact that she's dealing with a, a mafia patient, and what that says about Italian culture, and that most people, um look at Italian Americans as like when you when you think of an Italian American um her husband says her ex-husband says that you think of pizza or the mafia the godfather the godfather or the mafia but what he forgot to mention what he, what he forgot to mention in this beautiful culture is super mario brothers <laughs> <laughs> super mario <laughs> super mario brothers um um but you know as an Italian American just to like really sound like I'm on reddit as an Italian American I can confirm. I, I know it. It never crosses my mind to think about being in the mafia, right? Like, or, 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 you know, whenever people find out that I'm Italian, they're like, "Oh, yeah, you don't look tough enough to be in the mafia." Sorry, bro. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> no, but like, I've never experienced that. Neither has he. Neither has he. Sorry. No. And well, maybe I don't know. Maybe at a certain time, I don't know. But I think that Jace, believe it or not. Uh, even a broken, broken. He makes a great point. Yeah, it, mafia movies at this point are kind of like westerns, um, in that they're just kind of part of an American cinema. And lore. they're tall tales. And I think that's what he's saying is that they're they're tall tales in a way. Right. And like what what his grandfather says, you don't hear the Scotch Irish pissing and moaning about being. You goddamn right, we don't being characterized as rustlers and gunslingers. <laughs> well, well, we've we've had a president, so uh, you know. Who, who, oh, well, all the mix name their kid John, John F. after JFK. <laughs> <laughs> um, all this is, is to point out that, uh, you know, Melfi's kind of dealing with the fact that maybe she is, maybe her patient is not a good person. And what I wanted to say about that, that cut is, you know, she's with Richard. They're, they're talking about selling the plot of land that they were going to build a summer home on. There is uh, an editing technique in there that I really like. And it's kind of like whenever you want something to sit with the audience and have them to kind of think about it, you, you kind of, let something play and then don't really put any kind of sound up or anything afterwards. And so that scene ends with Richard saying, sooner or later, you're going to get to good or evil and you're going to find out that he's evil. Right. And we cut to this long shot of Tony's face. And we as an audience are kind of meant to sit there and think 
about whether or not Tony is good or evil. At this point, we've been rooting for him the entire time. He's got the meanest look on his face. Yeah, but it's just this long, slow pan across his face, and you're, and Richard's voice is kind of sitting in your head, and you're kind of thinking about like, well, whether or not this guy that you've been rooting for this whole time is, in fact, evil. Right. And it's a great little technique and a great cut and a great shot, and well, we, is, we know what Melfi's thinking. Right, know? of course. Well, this is one of the only times also where Tony actually, to me, in, his, in terms of his portrayal on the show... Um, I don't know if the real Tony Soprano agrees with his portrayal, but um, <laughs> Call in, please. yeah, please. Um, but uh, his, in terms of his portrayal on the show, I think that this moment um, where they cut to him, he actually does look like a lesser person. He sort of does look like Riff Raff yeah. when they cut to him. And it's cutting from um, a moment where uh, Melfi and Dr. whatever the fuck his name is, um, I can't remember, it's pissing me off. Someone's yelling at their car stereo right now going, it's yeah, Dr. Anyways. Richard Richie Rich, I think is this. It's Richie Rich, Doctor yeah. Richard Rich, Doctor Rick, Richard McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so he. Uh, but they're talking. They're these kind of like affluent. I don't want to say affluent, but they're they're fancy looking. They are. Yeah. They they're on this like kind of amazing plot of land. Mm-hmm. They're both wearing like like he has like that leather jacket on. That's like one of those mm-hmm. like yeah I'm you know I'm middle aged but I make like two or three hundred grand a year and I have this like. $1,900 jacket that I just fucking wear. Jesus, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's yeah. got that look to him where he's fancy. They're yes. both fancy. And then they cut to Tony, and he's like outside. It's a gritty yes. shot. There's the hot sun. Uh, yeah, true. His Great life contrast. Isn't, his life isn't as comfortable. It's an uncomfortable shot, I think is my point. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's true. And, 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 and he's got to yell at Chris, and they talk about how implicitly they both kind of want to have thought about killing themselves. Yeah, right? I got that sense, too. When I was like, they both... Uh, They've both clearly thought about committing suicide before, right? Yeah, well, because he not won't to e- be a downer. He, well, no, he won't even say it. Right? You ever think of uh, exactly? You know, and I, yeah. So I think Tony's recognizing something in Chris that he's also felt. Um, but again, like you said, Tony was kind of always better at his job, so I think yeah. it was just more readily accepted by everyone around him, and mm-hmm. probably never, ha- never. He didn't probably have this identity crisis until we meet him in the show. Basically, it's like you. He might have. But. You. You were. You. You're just not built for this podcast life. <laughs> you know. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and so I will turn to drugs. You can't handle it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Uh, no, but you're totally right. I mean, and like the, just the way they act, it's it's kind of macho. Mm-hmm. You know where you where Tony asks him if he's ever thought about killing because because Chris is being really honest. He's like, oh, I, I guess can't so. sleep, and he's kind of pouring it out, and it's really like the last time ever. It's, well, sleep is actually the only thing he still enjoys, <laughs> which the only thing is still a enjoy. line that makes me laugh every time. It's a great line. Uh, so uh, yeah, he they're talking about this. Uh, he can't even say you ever thought about fucking killing yourself, mm-hmm. bro. And he goes, fuck no. Yeah. Like really fast. Right. And then Tony goes, good, me neither. Yeah. You know? But they, like, they clearly have both like, thought of it. Yeah. And, um, and uh, I um, another another example of someone uh, looking for a, just a physical reason to explain everything. Christopher's like, I think I have cancer, <laughs> which he just doesn't. There's no way he has cancer. When did he say that? He's like, you know what? I, you know what I think? I think I got, I got the cancer. And he references Jackie Sr. being like kind of all depressed when he first oh, gets it. Oh, right, 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 right. And, and Tony's. Tony's kind of playing Melfi in this scene, which is just great, you know, where he's like, how, how often do you think of this word, cancer, you know? and uh, A lot, a little, yeah, exactly. what? Um, no, that's really good. I mean, because, like, the thing is that Tony chooses not to help him. Yeah. I mean, he sort of tries, but he gets so bottled up in his own feelings. It's, it's hard to do in the mafia. It's hard to, uh, to 
be open about these kinds of things and, also, and be willing to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of opening up, I do love that this episode is kind of the beginning of the Chris and Polly bromance. <laughs> you know? Oh, I know. Because I was thinking about this the other day. I'm so star. That's one of the reasons why. I mean, I, the first season is like the most important of all time. But like, uh, like at the <laughs> Thanks, same time, Kanye, bye. at the same time, there's like not that much Polly. And it's and, and I realize that that's kind of the problem for me. Not that much Polly. Surprisingly, not that much pussy. And uh, I know I wish I've said that about my pussy. life in general. <laughs> yeah, there's not enough pussy in most Thing. activities yeah, exactly. and things. But yeah, they uh, they they. I love the scene of Chris and Polly in this episode. Christopher talking about his script, and he's like, "I got 19 pages." And Polly's like, "Is that a lot or a little?" Is that a lot or a little? <laughs> Has no the, idea. The devil's whatever. Those are all make believe. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the way that he talks to him is so frank, and it really does reinforce the fact that Polly is the best gangster in the whole thing, unequivocally, bar none. Come at me. Hashtag, <laughs> you don't know shit about Sopranos. That's my fucking opinion, okay? This is no fucking ZD. Polly's the best. Let's go, Brendan. All right. Let's get out of here. Uh, no, this. I mean, true, though, because he has no family, no, no one to worry about. It's just Polly. But he. But also, you can tell it's in his blood. Yeah. He just, he experiences the world through that lens. Literally all he was meant to do. Well, because he the way he says it, and it's with no, he doesn't, he doesn't, um, he 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 doesn't make it overly sentimental when he's like he's like when Chris says you know did you ever feel like nothing good was going to happen in your life he goes yeah and nothing did you know and it's very matter of fact That's he's awesome. being very candid but he's not being like yeah I know man like Tony is he's even next level compared to Tony because he just like isn't experiencing it at this point hashtag like, Polly's like, next level he's, yeah yeah hashtag Polly next level um uh. Polly is definitely like level six Scientologist yeah. at this point, by the way, in the episode. <laughs> he can move things with his brain, I <laughs> yeah. think, at this point. Yeah, exactly. Tom, Which is a show I'd love to see. Tom's Cruise <laughs> is really good friends with Polly's Walnuts. Polly's Walnuts. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like a great company. It does, actually. Um, we're we're going to go out on a limb here and trademark Polly's Walnuts as a company. Yeah, we own it now, do. officially. We're yeah. starting a Kickstarter. Yep. And if we don't meet our goal, then we'll just take the money and do something else with send it. Send us some money and we'll send you a DVD of just walnuts. <laughs> just hours of walnut footage. We're going to make a walnut screensaver. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd fucking... If if there's a bunch of walnuts just like falling away and Polly's face was behind them, I would use that screensaver. I thought you were going to say I'd fuck a walnut. I would fuck Polly. Can you fuck... Oh. Boy, that got weird fast. We got canceled again, guys. Sorry. I don't know if I'm going to be your friend anymore. Okay. Um... So, yeah, but Polly's very matter of fact about it. And he's like, look, let's just go get our dicks sucked. Yeah. You'll feel better. And he's not he's, wrong. He's very right. I, I really wish I was more like Polly and that I didn't think about all these things. You know, like it must be kind of nice in a way. Just to go get your dick sucked and eat. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. But I, of all these guys, Polly sleeps the best at night, I would say. He sleeps the best at night because he's the best mobster. Yeah. He's built for it. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Tony's the best like boss, but... Polly's the best soldier, probably, right? Polly is the best soldier, but he, think about it. He's the best mobster because he doesn't want to be boss. Right, that's true. He's never going to be at the top. He's always like, he's like in the middle of the bobsled. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's one of the guys. He's not the brake man. He's not the driver. He's just there to push and he can be on any team. Yeah. It doesn't matter. That's it, interesting you say that because I did love his cameo in Cool Runnings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're all Jamaican, but Polly's just in the middle for some strange reason. He was also, um, I think that he also had a cameo as one of the Swiss guys. Right. So he's like, looks good, Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's, he's great. Yes. And, and I love that we're seeing him a little bit more because the Chrissy Polly bromance is so important to yeah. the show. And it kind of starts here. 
it kind of starts here. Chrissy learns a lot from Polly. Mm -hmm. Polly actually cares about Chrissy in a way that he doesn't seem to care about anyone else. As much as a mafia member can care about another mafia member. Yeah. Chrissy, I think, you know, Polly doesn't have any kids. You know, he needs a little something to care for. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good Um, point. And and also, you know, for all the all the banging that's going on, and at the beginning of season two, we see Polly fucking ramming some mm-hmm. chick. Porn star Gina Lynn. Porn star Gina Lynn. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Gina. <laughs> um, uh, Come on our show. Sorry, I didn't return your text last week. <laughs> uh, but but uh, you know, it's like he doesn't get that much ass as far as the show goes. You see him with a Gumar every now and then, but comparatively, his ass is low. It's like he doesn't. Yeah, it's like he doesn't care about anything except making money and just like having nice white shoes. <laughs> like yeah. that's really his and that's not that's not a bad way to just live. It's actually interesting that you say that because he sort of like reminds me of my grandparents in that like it's all about work. Right. But he's a gangster. Right. So he has kind of like it's like he's like a, the pure greatest generation right. like <laughs> gangster. You know? What a weird thing to say about Polly. Yeah, that's... but he really is. He's got this greatest generation sort of vibe to him. Right. You know, where yeah. he's like very focused on work and that's What's it? We're lucky in this country to have work, even though he's like fucking beating the shit out of kayak instructors. Right. You know? like, <laughs> That's very <laughs> spoiler true. Spoiler alert: kayak yes. instructors. So okay, so the conversation that he and Tony have is great. When when he's yell. Okay, so they get into this thing. We kind of glossed over the fact that Tony fucking lets Chrissy have it. That's a huge. Yeah, he explodes. He loses his mind. Shut up. Yeah. That's pretty insightful on the part of the writing. I feel like this is like a next level milestone for Sopranos where. They're hitting on this thing, which is like a subset of the mafia. And it's the dudes that do want to get caught. Right. Because they really do want that mentality. And also then, uh, by comparison, you really see how interesting Tony is as a character. Because right. he's part of this group like him and uh, and 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 Polly. And maybe Pussy and maybe Sill. Probably, Definitely probably so, those yeah. two. Definitely Sill. Who don't want to get caught. Right. Who It's not about glory. It's dark. With them, it's really, and that's what makes the show so dark. Yeah, is that they want to keep it going. They don't want to, it's not for them. It's not about getting found out, like on some, like you know, you and it's I work. I'm going on and on. No, but I know what you mean. But it's you and work. I were in inter- industries where we worry every day on some level, like when are they going to figure out that I don't know anything about them? all the time. Yeah, you know, and everybody sure. feels that about everything they do. Yeah, the imposter syndrome for sure. Right, yeah. exactly. And and Tony and Polly don't feel that. Not at all. Yeah, they, they don't want to get caught. They wouldn't. They, there, there isn't even some Freudian shred of them that would feel satisfied on some level by being caught. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, definitely not Polly. I, I sometimes maybe Tony when he's having some nightmares, maybe. But I do. I know what you mean. Yes, for sure. Yeah. They, they, they certainly don't want to flaunt it at all, and they're much smarter about it. Definitely. Right. And they, 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 they're about sustainability. Exactly. I mean, you know, and it makes some sense. I mean, Tony has kids in a house that he has to actually, you know, care for. I mean, yeah, just it makes some sense. And and then uh, right. And he's not um, he's just not as like emotionally lost as Christopher. And and also, well, he's better at managing his emotions, I guess. But so. I'm not sure if not he, always. But yeah. Yeah. But I mean, his anger, like, you know, he's. There are certain, you know, he's in therapy for reasons, but yeah, but I, for sure, he's. But he's better at that. managing his guilt. Because yeah, because I think that a lot of what Chrissy's experiencing is like, fuck, this is crazy. Yeah, he's killing dudes. He's doing this stuff, and he's realizing that it's like not as exciting as he thought it was going to be. I think. Well, yeah, he says it's the the regularness of life he has a problem with, which, frankly, we all have a problem with. It's just that you know, yeah, we don't work in industries where it's. 
I, that's a reason I think a lot of people maybe join crime and the mafia. I think a lot of people just feel that anyways. They do, for you sure. I mean? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, there's characters like Artie who I think are actually a little more courageous than people in the mafia because it takes some it takes balls to actually fucking get up work your nine to five job every day with no end in sight right and you have to save up for stuff and you know <laughs> i mean it's, Fuck. it's 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 easy to just be you in describing the that i was like oh that's that's just the reality of it and i think that christopher is well that's the reality of my life <laughs> <laughs> listen it is it's just the truth um and i think that christopher is, is kind of realizing that and just kind of being like oh my god like, right and uh, he wants glory, and and of course Christopher always with the scenarios and the DefCon Four. He wants he it's wishes Def- life is more exciting. DefCon One is the the worst one, right? But he's in DefCon Four, which is just yeah. fine. It's a malaise, right? Um, yeah, and so so Tony really lets him have it. It's a great scene, and it's so insightful. Scene, yeah. It's so insightful about about the mafia. Yes, the Mafio. <laughs> the Mafio. <laughs> Super Mafio Brothers. Super Mafio Brothers. <laughs> so, I mean, one of the one other things I wanted to talk about, um, again, with again with the editing, always with the editing for me, um, is that scene... Again with the scenario. That scene where, and speaking of not wanting to get caught, Tony brings a lot of his, uh, his paraphernalia and guns and money. When you say paraphernalia, it's like he's pulling out like a vape. When he brings his Pax Vaporizer, which we know, we've established that Tony has a Pax Vaporizer in last episode. Um, yeah, definitely. His he, bong. He and Junior are all about the vape life, <laughs> for sure. Hashtag Tony Vapes. Um, Tony he vapes. brings all his his, his criminal uh, materials to Green Grove to hide in, in you're still not You're still being too vague, because when you say criminal materials... It's guns and, and money. paraphernalia, I just think bong... That's what it is. Porno firecrackers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tony brings his guns and his money to Green Grove. And this is one of my favorite scenes. Yes. Well, that's what happens, no? No, just you describing it. It's like seeing it as one thing, but but being like, yeah, he's stashing an Uzi and like a bunch of cash at a retirement home. At his home. mom's retirement home. Um, I love this little sequence for a bunch of reasons. I think it's, it's like... the music. The music's, okay. From the first episode. Uh, is it? I don't know if it is. Yes, it is. Okay. Right. Yeah, you're right, actually. Um, but I love that scene for the editing, for one, because yeah. it's cool. It, the, edit, the edits kind of answer a lot of the questions, you know, when um, to set it up, I guess, a little bit is basically they Tony and Carmela are in cahoots here um, to get Livia out of her room at Green Grove so that Tony can get in and hide his guns and money. And you're completely right. The thing you said earlier is when, that, when Tony and... Carmela are partners in crime firing on all cylinders. It's great. It's fun. Yeah. And so we get in here and, and Carmela has to lie for Tony and she's basically saying like, Livia, let's go out. I'm going to take you out to brunch. Livia's immediately suspicious and she should be. Uh, and I just think what's interesting. She pours it on really thick. Yeah, big time. And Carmela pours it on thicker. She's, um, she's so she's great. manipulative. She's fucking great. She, 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 and, and you feel bad in the moment, but then, or I felt bad. I was like, oh man, she's so manipulative. Oh, why? Don't feel bad. And then I think about who she's manipulating. Exactly. They're playing the, best of the, best. the ultimate player. Exactly. You know, the ultimate hustler. That's why I like hunting humans, because it's basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, it's they, definitely Carmela and Olivia's like most dangerous game exactly. for shizzle. Um, but the cuts there are great because it's it's kind of like, you know, Livia doesn't trust what Carmela's saying and she's like well why don't you trust me why don't you trust me and then they keep cutting to Tony and it's kind of like this is exactly why because we're, right. we're lying to you Tony's outside you're right Livia 
Uh, and then I do love the music. Everyone's suspicions are correct. They are exactly in season one of Sopranos. Uh, and I do love the music because it's you know there's all this talk about like classic mob movies in the beginning of the when Melfi's son is talking about it, and like this music and the way it's cut and the way it's shot kind of like sets yeah. it apart. It, it's not a classic mob movie. It's a very modern, even now, it's, mob. It's like a TV bit show. too close for comfort. Mm-hmm. And it's also uh, in, in that he's like he's like involving his mother in it, sort of. Right. And also, it's an admission that his family is so fucked up because, right. like, you know, I'm like a really successful gangster, and I keep that shit away from my mom's house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't hide anything there because it's like too crazy. But Tony, like, his mom is basically already an accessory, so it's natural that 100%. he would use that spot. But also, it's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Because, guess who shows up knocking at the door? The FBI. The FBI. Yes, we finally meet Agent Harris. And uh, it's a no, great... No, we met Agent... Did... Uh, we haven't met a- Agent Harris yet. Oh, no. this is the first time we meet Agent yeah. Harris? Agent Harris will be a, another major player on the show. He's um, great. And, uh, Shout out to Agent Harris. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we, uh, we finally meet the FBI. They show up right on Tony's doorstep after he's gotten rid of a lot of the incriminating evidence from the house. And... Uh, once again, done another. He's done, he's done a great job of covering his tracks. He's done a great job of covering his ass, and then Grasso drops some shit, mm-hmm. and he I don't know what he tells him in Italian, but he basically says like your ass, or something. like I want to like your like your mom's vagina, something. <laughs> that's I think that's we'll have the fact checkers check that. He does that, the but I vagina shape with his hands. That's or I thought that was the 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 Rockefeller. Shape. If upside down. Wasn't that the Jay-Z thing upside down? <laughs> the Jay-Z thing. <laughs> this is great podcasting because people can see what we're doing. Uh, you're right. He does do the, he does that vagina thing and then this guy Grasso gets up and yells at him. But Agent Harris is kind of like keeps a cool head and it's a fun scene. Uh, Harris is the, the of course, the FBI man with a heart. Yes. We love him. We do. He's great. He's a great character. We'll show up. He'll be in it. Also, through the very end. By the end of the series, he was being paid over $20 million an episode. <laughs> and it's just, it, and he wasn't even in all the episodes. Yeah, he's so important. It was great. Yeah, um, I, yeah great scene. And then I love like, the dinner talk after when Meadow, Meadow's kind of being sassy. Oh, they're and, eating like, Chinese food. And they're eating they Chinese food. Cook. Yeah. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, that's, a, that's actually a really great scene uh, when they're talking about it because Meadow goes into the Profacis and the Bananos mm-hmm. and the Katuris. And the Chobanis. The Chobanis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, and she's such a, she's such a little bitch. Yeah, big time. I, my favorite part of that scene is when they reference Francis Albert, who's Frank Sinatra, of course, but like Tony and Carmela share this look like, oh God. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, and then um, I think the last thing to just kind of, you know, sum up that Melfi storyline is her, this whole episode, her family's kind of telling her not to deal with Tony Soprano and she doesn't get why she's saying that he's a nice guy and she doesn't understand that. And then their last scene together, she sees the side of Tony that she hasn't really seen quite yet and kind of realizes that maybe her family could be correct about Tony. You know, he throws this money in her face and like, you know, slams the door behind him and just treats her with complete disrespect there. And, uh, you know, that's kind of that's a fitting end to the story. You know, she's kind of been defending him all episodes of her family, and here's the reason why Richard Richie Rich was correct. You know, and uh, I think that's a really interesting end to that storyline. Right, and but she she knew that already. She did on some level. I think she knew that on some he level. Already, I think he, she still likes it. He already kissed her. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> think about it. They've kissed. Yes. Like no matter what happens between Melfi and Tony, they've kissed. Yeah. Exactly. Have you kissed yet? They've kissed. 
Um, Wait, can we talk about? I'm sorry, but we need another hour or so to talk about the stand-up comedian yeah, at the retirement home. There's so much to talk about. What this is episode. this guy's deal? He's he says the funniest shit, and he says one of my favorite jokes, which is, uh, which is. Have you seen the Polish version of Rashomon? <laughs> Everybody remembers the rape exactly the same. That's so and if good. you've never seen Rashomon, it's a Japanese films, um, and it's it's basically uh, uh, it's about a rape, and everyone remembers it differently. Right. And in the Polish version of Rashomon, everyone remembers the rape exactly the same. So the implication is that it's two hours of people describing a rape repeatedly over and over again, which is a great joke. That it's is awesome. such a good stand-up joke. I love that guy. He'll he says, come back a bunch, too. He comes back a bunch. He's really good. He's never this funny. He's ne- He was never written this well. Right. Like in the rest of it. He says, they should make a Zapruder film of your salad bar. Hello. <laughs> a little help here. And then he says, Mr. And then, and then my favorite is that... Uh, that uh, oh, we almost finished the episode without actually talking about this. Olivia actually tells Junior right. Well, that yeah, that's he's a good, yeah. seeing a psychiatrist. Yeah, and but behind that, which is more important, this is actually the key to the ending. Mm-hmm. I believe is mm-hmm. the stand-up guy in the background. If you really listen, you ignore what the main characters are saying. <laughs> he says, "Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Dylan." And he's doing a Bob Dylan impression the whole time. That's totally hilarious. Yeah, he's so good. We got to get that guy. We should get hey, that guy. If you're out there, please come to our podcast. Yes, please tell. We'll let you tell whatever joke you want. That would be fantastic if we got that yeah. guy. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Livia basically tells Junior that uh, Tony's seeing a psychiatrist and it sets all this shit in motion. She's so angry mm-hmm. that he is complaining about his mother. Mm-hmm. It's an, Which and he is. She's right and she's she's out on a limb, but she's totally right. Yes. It's a, that's a, it's a good place to leave it because that's going to be like basically the end of the season is all about that. Right. Tony, Tony getting caught in psychotherapy. Um, and in a donut shop. And in a donut shop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, great scene. Junior's reaction is fantastic. And uh, what and does he say? He just uh, like Livia. He's just like a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist, yeah. And then the woman tells Livia to keep it down, and she like whispers it back again. It's just it's funny. It's just, the old people on the show are so funny. Oh yeah, and just great. Um, Picture yourself on a boat at Ellis Island. <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing. Hey, those people lived through World War Two. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the 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 you know the oh also. Okay. Last thing. Okay. Almost the last thing. Second to last thing. <laughs> Family therapy. Yeah. So another therapist who has cowboyitis because he's very excited to talk about how how his family was somehow connected to Meyer Lansky. Those are those are some tough Jews. That is so fucking weird. Yeah. It's so weird. And this this particular therapist. Why is Melfi on a first name basis with all of her therapists? That seems weird. Mm. Like I've gone to therapy. And I'm yeah, not like same, I'm not like yo, what's up, Doug? <laughs> same, Doug, yeah, it's not. What are you saying, Doug? <laughs> you know, like Doug isn't my therapist's name, by the way. I'm maintaining his anonymity. <laughs> I don't want people mobbing him, asking them, you know, asking him about what's up, what's it's, up with it's him. Polly's walnut. Polly's walnut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, they have this family therapy session that's like it's pretty trivial, but I mean, in a way, I think it's this is partially passive aggression on the. The, the, the normal human being, the normal citizen. Right. Wait, who? Uh, therapy is? or No, 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 no. This scene. Oh, for, yeah, for sure. This yeah. scene is definitely one of those David Chase, like, these people are uncool. Bro. Well, it, it's just another, it's like, ooh, you act like it's like you're so against it, but 
face it, guys. You're all interested. You would all treat Tony Soprano if given the chance. And Jace is still the most pointless character because he doesn't actually care about anything. I hate that kid. We hate your character, but if you want to come on our podcast, <laughs> come say hi. All right. Uh, so that brings us to the end of Legends of Ten- Legend of Tennessee Maltesanti and my, well, they one of my favorite little scenes the here. The last thing. The last scene there. Uh, is this the last thing? Yes, this is actually the last thing. We don't have any comments about the meaning behind the credits <laughs> or anything like that. No. Uh, Christopher's story wraps up here when he gets a call from his mom. He's been waiting all episode for someone to acknowledge that he is a gangster. The news didn't do it. Uh, the reporter, you know, in the, in the report, the story about it, they never mentioned his name. No one they mentioned ad- Brendan Falone as and an associate. And not him, right. And, uh, and no one takes him seriously as a mobster. Finally, they mention, and this is a terrible thing, but they mention his name in the newspaper, and he's all excited about it. And he buys all the newspapers. And he buys all the newspapers, which is just against what he wants. Doesn't he want people to know who he is? But I don't know. Um, And it ends to this cake song, which I really love, and I vividly remember watching the scene and seeing that at the end and being like, this is a cool show. Like They're using like cool modern music. Like I couldn't believe it. That's why David Chase did it, because he wanted a lot of 15-year-olds watching. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I uh, I love that scene. Love Christopher. It's it's sad and cool and funny and all the same. Because you shouldn't be excited that you're being acknowledged as an associate of the mafia. That's well, not a good thing. I, well, but my, the funny thing to me is that he actually is mad that they call Brendan associate. Like, that's something to be proud of. It's like, Soldier. associate? <laughs> he's, I worked forever to become an associate. Exactly. But he's all excited at the end, and it's a great scene. Uh, great Christopher, you know episode and and, right. uh, and uh and yeah one really one of my favorites of the of the season one for sure and probably of the series it's just it's a fun great. fun fast moving confident focused efficient storytelling and it's and a great episode this is only matched by the the, the the time at which he decides to actually throw it all in the trash can <laughs> exactly it's one of my favorite moments in the whole series yeah yeah and one of the only chris has some of the only really good moments to music yeah in, in, in the show you know this cake moment Mm -hmm. uh later on when he throws his computer in the trash can Mm -hmm. there's some nice muted trumpet which is very sexy (laughs) he's got that great los lobos like later los lobos song oh yeah the valley yeah love that one love that one oh all right uh that wraps it up for us in about five years we'll talk about that episode we'll get to that for sure thank you very much for listening to the podcast called we'll get to that stop being so (laughs) fucking polite wait (laughs) it out bros yes uh thank you for listening we'll be back next week uh to talk about boca and uh (laughs) you almost made me say it we're gonna talk about some cunnilingus next week so please Stay tuned for that. And uh, thanks for listening. I am Brendan. You are... I forget your name. Colleen. Colleen. Just like your sister. Thank you, Connie Francis, for stopping by. (laughs) And uh, we'll see you guys next week. This is No Fucking ZD. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. uh, Subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. All that shit. But most of all, keep listening and hashtag Twitter. (laughs) Exactly. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Fuck.